running for political office when you are not a political person or don't see yourself that way, you don't know the process. One of the big things I realized that action is better than simply being angry and anxious. It was something to channel that energy into. I realized that I can do things that look completely impenetrable from the outside. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview thoughtful, inspiring, and influential guests who are changing the way we think about what is possible in our lives, especially as we age. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager. And I love to hear from my listeners, so leave me a comment on ZestfulAging.com. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker, who was also a guest on Zestful Aging. It's off of her CD, Buffalo Motel. You can find out more about Judy on her website, judybanker.com. Well, I've got my loyal Jack, Russell Sparky, napping right beside me. So let's begin. I am really excited about our interview today. Sometimes we find ourselves doing things we never imagined as we grow older, and today's guest found herself in this very position. We're speaking with Adrian Martini, who's an award-winning writer and college professor whose brand new book, Somebody's Got to Do It, Why Cursing at the News Won't Save the Nation, But Your Name on a Local Ballot Can, It's getting national attention, and the New York Times writes, this is not your standard focus group approved politician fair. It's an honest, in-the-moment, firsthand account of a disappointed mother's foray into local politics. Welcome, Adrian. Thank you for having me, Nicole. Um, that was quite a mouthful there. When I, <laughs> even the title is like, you got to take a breath before I know. you start. I know. Yeah. That's yeah. the funny thing about writing books is sometimes they go through six or seven different titles. And I think this yeah. one had no fewer than about 17. But that's the one oh, that we goodness. thought captured it the best. It, it sure does. And I just want to start off. Uh, I I saw on Twitter that you're getting some really, uh, (laughs) uh, the higher ups are reading your book. Do you want to talk about what it was like to discover that Hillary Clinton was tweeting about your book? Oh, well, I mean, it's hard to even describe. Somebody had pointed it out to me on Facebook, and I immediately did not believe them. So (laughs) I went to Twitter Mm. and looked for myself, and once I saw it, Um, gosh, I think shock would be uh, too kind a word for it. Uh, I think I just sat there with my mouth hanging open. Um, uh, The irony is you're you're talking about like really ground level politics. And here is this, you know. Not ground uh, level. (laughs) (laughs) No. She's the least ground level. Least ground level. Um, Yeah, I actually, I was doing actual work because I have some deadlines at work coming up and had to really just tell everybody in the office, uh, I'm leaving for the day because I cannot possibly focus on anything other than the fact that my book was mentioned by Hillary Clinton. So, Wow. Wow. What, what a moment that must have been. A pinch me moment. Uh, it really was. 
So you've been living um, and working in upstate New York for a little while. Mm-hmm. Is that is that right? That is correct. And, mm-hmm. and wh- tell me about how how you got to the point where you said, you know, I'm just feeling really frustrated and I want to do something about it. I want to run for office. Right. So take us through that process. Right. Um, so we live in Oneonta, which is a small town. There is a SUNY school here, and SUNY, for those who aren't in New York, is the State University of New York system of colleges. My husband and I moved here about 17 years ago. He teaches in the theater department, and I taught in communications and in the theater department. I wound up getting involved in local politics like it turns out a lot of women did after the 2016 presidential election, which after the election, I kind of was, well, I was angry about the results. Um, But I also realized how kind of divorced I felt from the entire political process. And that Mm -hmm. was a new feeling to me. So I called my local Democratic, Democratic Party um, because I have always espoused their ideals and mentioned that I, I wanted to get involved because I realized how much politics had an impact on my day-to-day life. Um, what I figured they'd say was, well, here's how you can get involved. We want you to make phone calls or we want you to write a check or something, you know, along mm-hmm. those lines. And those mm-hmm. were the things I was prepared to do. And then the gentleman who was in charge at the time uh, invited me over to his house. He lives just around the corner. And we sat and had a cup of coffee. And he asked if I had ever thought about running for political office. Um, And my honest response to that was, no, no, not at all. Why would I think that? And slowly over time, uh, I realized that I had thoughts about running for political office after he explained that it was a county board seat and that the person currently in the office was an incumbent um, and that if we could get enough Democrats on the board, we could maybe have a little bit more say in what the county was choosing to do. So, And is, is that to say that Oneonta is more of a Republican um, um, voting? The county is. So mm-hmm. Otsego County is in upstate New York. And upstate New York is very Republican. Um, It's very conservative. The reason that New York State always goes blue on, you know, National Election Day maps is because of New York City and all of the counties around New York City. Um, But New York is a really big state. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you can, if you live in western New York, you're really much closer to Cleveland. Um, Mm -hmm. If you live in uh, what they call the North Country, you're really close to Canada. So... You know, it's a giant state, and the the counties that are not around New York City tend to go Republican. And uh, Otsego County, which is where Oneonta is, is no exception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the county board has been under Republican control for, uh, I think there's only four years where it was under democratic control. So you knew this going in. It's not like you thought you might be welcome to the fold oh, no. of other yeah, Democrats. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. I had no <laughs> illusions, none whatsoever. Um, there wasn't actually even a woman on the county board until I think the late 1990s. So 
Wow. Yeah, this is not a swinging hotbed of liberalism. <laughs> you know, it's you know, it's pretty conservative. And it's pretty Had you I'm sorry, had you felt that uh, as you've, you know, uh I know you have at least one child. Mm-hmm. Have you felt that raising your family that you're a bit uh fish out of water um, or not, not particularly? particularly because um well, I have two children. One is mm-hmm. just you know, set the record. I don't want the second child to not that he'll ever listen to this to feel left out because mm-hmm. he cares more about video games, of course, than what his mom does. Sure. I never felt that because we live in Oneonta, which is not big by any stretch of the imagination, but there are two colleges here. Mm-hmm. And that really skews kind of the culture of the city. Mm-hmm. But when you get out more into the, the more rural parts of the county. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you you do feel kind of out of place if you're not, if you didn't grow up here. Mm -hmm. So you knew going in, this was going to be, I I don't know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you knew you it wasn't going to be, you know, necessarily a welcoming, warm and fuzzy, (laughs) uh, like, come come and join us and we'll just... We'll make the world beautiful. Uh, Yes, that's not what this was. You knew it from the the, uh, outset. I knew from the outset that, A, I was up against a Republican who grew up here. And it's always, it it wasn't, he was an incumbent and he was a he. So Mm -hmm. that... Those were all strikes against me. However, I also knew, looking at kind of the voter registration for the district I was running in, that it was overwhelmingly registered Democrats. So that it, it was a certainly a flippable seat and had been held by a Democratic woman before. It just hadn't been recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew going in, I had a pretty much a 50-50 shot uh, of winning the seat. And on and, election eve uh, at the watch party that we had at a local bar, because that's how you do it in rural New York, mm-hmm. um, you know, even just walking into that, I was like, you know, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I either now get to take a nice long nap because the whole election process will be over, or I'm about to have a whole new set of problems if I actually get elected. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'm doing either way, you know, you know, I've done everything I could possibly do to win. But now it's not up to me. Like, you know, it's out of my hands at this point. So what was the experience like for you as a as a newcomer, as somebody who, uh, you know, was living in an area that, you know, you said was flippable, but you didn't know? I mean, what is it like for a Sort of middle-aged right. mom, professor, right. hadn't been involved in politics, dog lover, knitter, <laughs> right. and then all of a sudden, right. you know, here, you know, it's a, it's a whole different world. It is. It is. It is a whole different world. I also just, you know, just not to, you know, toot my own horn, but I, I had not been professoring for some time. I moved into our college's alumni office where I write and edit the alumni magazine. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, it's weird. I mean, it's decidedly weird to be in your, you know, I can see 50 pretty well from here with two older kids suddenly deciding to take on this entirely new adventure. Um, Is that who you are, Adrian? Are you a woman who takes on adventures? Is that... um, 
how you've I take on a you know things that are just like slightly in front of my grasp like um so my second book was about knitting a really complicated sweater that was just outside of my skill set but it was achievable and even if I didn't achieve it the worst that would happen is I would start with a pile of yarn and end with a pile of yarn like the mm. um the worst case scenario wasn't really that bad you know? it's not high risk it's not high, high risk. risk knitting yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that there's any high risk knitting but um <laughs> but it was certainly not right. it, this felt a little bit more high risk because lately it's really felt like the state of the republic is hinging on some you know it's hinging on everything but it also it but it wasn't that high of a risk you know if Otsego County stays um a red county which it did even after i was elected it's not the end of the world like you know of course i thought that i would do a better job in the seat than the incumbent was doing but mm -hmm. he's a reasonable guy like it's it's the world would not have ended so it was you know it was a reasonable risk Hi everyone. It's no secret that everyone's feeling pretty restless and unsettled right now. Our lives are upside down and the future is feeling pretty uncertain. But if you're anything like me, organizing my stuff can help me feel a little calmer. It's something I can do to help me feel a little more in control and in charge of my own life. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And Too Much Stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. Uh, we give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long, exploratory, you know, super in-depth, uh, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So, being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. One of the things that I really wonder about um, in terms of running for political office or being more involved than the average citizen is, is how do you navigate people who are rabid, I'm just going to I'm just going to say it, rabid Trump supporters saying things that are at best nonsensical right. and really feeling strongly about that. And I mean, I guess 
what I'm trying to say is I don't know whether I'd be able to stay calm and rational because there would just, you know, it's a, it's a different world out there now. It is. And how do you, how do you talk to people whose opinions you feel don't hold up to reason or the values that you hold? Right. So one of the ways to do that is find the places where you agree. And I think the place where we all can agree is, you know, I love my kids. I love my grandchildren. I want what's best for this country. I, gosh, I like having my, uh, I would like green spaces to stay green uh, and, and watersheds to be blue. Like those are the things we can agree on. I think it's better if basics, I want to be safe. I want to be safe. Um, I want to be warm and dry when it's cold and wet outside. So like you find the things where you agree, the humanity, the shared humanity of all of Mm -hmm. us, and then try and branch Mm -hmm. out from there as best you can. When you get to the, some of the things that are just, Okay, I I do want to start by saying I think 90% of the people that you come into contact with, even if you don't agree, they are reasonable people. It's the the fringe on the 10% um, where you get into that weird area where you're like, we don't even share a reality. Like this is... Like climate deniers. Yeah, like climate deniers and, you know, people who, you know, think that Trump is... is, um, perfection, you know, who, who anything he says must clearly be the truth, because why would he lie? Like, that is a small, small percentage. Um, Okay. And you can't really, you know, there's no arguing like you're, it's like anybody else in a cult, you know, you can't really get them out of the cult, unless Mm. they want to leave. Mm -hmm. Um, And nothing you say is going to change any of that. And you're just exhausting everybody. You know, it's like, mm. yes, you believe that. Wow, I do not. Um, mm-hmm. Good luck. <laughs> you know? and, and you feel like you, did you get better at uh, preserving your energy in terms of like, who am I going to have a real debate with? I, it, how does that work? Is, there, um, is that, a, are those skills that you build? Right. Um, so some of that are, are skills that you build. And I built them through teaching in a college. For, I see. Uh, so you already you know, have that. Um, it's different. Yeah. But, you, you know, you having college students come up and, you know, sometimes try and convince you of things that you, that make no sense at all. I shouldn't have to turn this paper in because... My grandmother, who I told you had died last week, oh, she seems to have died again. You know, like that kind of... Oh, goodness. Um, and you just get used to holding the line when somebody is trying to sell you a, a clearly uh, not realistic version of reality. And you have a teenager. And, so that well, yes. Help. And I didn't at the time. Good but, you training. Know, <laughs> yes, it's wonderful training, as is having toddlers, where you're just like, okay, we're not negotiating with terrorists, okay? This is not okay. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. So I think parenting really uh, is great training. But I also think it's important that I infrequently come into contact with the real staunch Trump supporters. I don't know, which isn't to say that I I don't come into contact with with people who disagree with me, but but we can usually find some kind of overlap. And I think that's different 
when you're working on a local level because you're working mostly face to face. Um, mm -hmm. And I think people are less inclined to be extreme right in your face. Mm -hmm. um, both oh, ways. That's a good, yeah that's, yeah, that's an interesting point. And some of these folks you probably run into at the grocery store oh, or at the yes. gas station. Yes, yes. They know you. Yeah, and it's it's sometimes hard to get in. <laughs> my children, uh, well, my son hates going to the grocery store, period, so he will never come with me. But my daughter likes to come with me, and we frequently get, you know, stopped in the produce aisle as you're trying to pick out lettuce <laughs> by, you know, somebody who mm -hmm. wants to talk about whatever topic is is on their mind and that's fine you know i don't like it when they want to stop and talk after i've taken the ice cream out of the cooler because i don't want it to melt but <laughs> right right you know, mostly yeah. fine you know I, nothing in my life is really that that vital uh five minutes here or there is not gonna make or break my day so um i'm happy to talk were people in your life supportive of you running your husband mm -hmm. your family yeah um, for the most part, um, I didn't come across anybody who, who really said, wow, uh, I do not support this. I think my husband had concerns about how polarized the climate is right now. Mm -hmm. But once I really was in it, he realized that, you know, again, what you see nationally is not what you see locally. Mm -hmm. um, and we had financial concerns because we didn't want to sink a ton of money into it, but had two realizations pretty quickly, which was it's relatively cheap to run for local office. I mean, you can do it for a couple of hundred bucks. Wow. Um, yeah. You know, some yard signs, flyer or two, and really, that's pretty much all you need. And then you go door to door and door to door. It's more time that you're using than, than money. Mm -hmm. um, and given, again, the political climate after the election of 2016, people were looking for causes to donate money to. And this election, at least in this part of the world, was the next big thing that they could. Because this was a, the election was in 2017. Our local elections are always on the off, um, mm -hmm. off presidential years. So fundraising was relatively easy. So, you know, that, those were our biggest concerns, which is we don't want to deplete the kids' college accounts <laughs> um, on something that might be completely futile. <laughs> but once you really sit down and look at the numbers, it's really not that, it, comparatively, it's not that much money. Would you say that you're a different person now? Oh, definitely. Having come through this? In oh, what ways? Definitely. Um, mm. You know, you, I realized... I realized a couple of things. So like one of the big things I realized that action is better than simply being angry and anxious. Mm -hmm. um, it was something to channel that energy into. I realized that I can do things that look completely impenetrable from the outside, like running for political office when you are not a political person or don't see yourself that way, you don't know the process beyond just voting, like you don't know how to get on a ballot, and you don't mm -hmm. know the issues facing you. These are all things that can be learned, uh, if you're willing to just learn them. Um, and mm -hmm. it's not hard. It's not quantum physics. It's just a matter of sitting down 
uh, and reading and reading and, reading and also the rules. <laughs> yeah, reading the rules, um, being willing. The thing I really learned, especially once I was in office, was being willing to ask questions that make you look like you don't know what's going on because you don't know what's going on. Like, uh -huh. um, if you don't know how something works, you have to ask somebody who has worked in this field for, you know, 40 years, but you have to be willing to say, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> you know, and then once you get that answer, then being, you have enough knowledge to then ask the next stupid question. Like you just <laughs> continuously are figuring out the next really dim question to ask and being willing to be a beginner at that. Once you've had, you know, some years of not being the beginner at things can be really hard. But you have to do it. Otherwise, you're never going to understand what it is you're trying to do. Um, Did you have any mentors that wanted to show you the ropes? Um, the biggest supporter that I had and was a woman here in town named Kim Muller, who was the second woman uh, ever elected to the board, the county board. And she was then mayor of Oneonta for a few years. Mm -hmm. um, after the fact. And I wouldn't say that she was a mentor so much as every now and again, I would either email her or show her, show up on her porch, um, <laughs> because she just lives around the corner, uh, and say, I have no idea what's going on. And she would just kind of give me the easiest explanation or the easiest way to do a thing very succinctly. And then kind of just send me on my way, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. a, you got this, but you're going to have to do it yourself, you know? Um, and that was huge. That was huge. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, having the support of my family, having every now and again, like a, a friend would email just at the right time when I was feeling a little despondent saying, wow, this is a big thing you're doing. I'm glad you're doing it. Mm. And then you decide, when did in this process, did you decide to write the book? Yeah, so the book came later. <laughs> mm. That was about... I don't know, six months to a year into my term, when I realized that I had accumulated all of this just practical knowledge and figured that if I could do it, really anyone could, and that this would save them a step. Because um, some of the advice I got was just plain wrong, or it was wrong, it was right 20 years ago, but it's not how it works now. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I needed to get all of this down so that the next person could do it, you know, learn from my mistakes and then build on them, if that makes Was sense. Was there any sort of sense that you could have um, power in your current role, but you could have even more influence if you wrote a book? Was there like a, oh. a strategy or a calculation like, I'm, I'm really feeling good about this, let me take it a step further? Not really, um, mm -hmm. because we don't have that much power to begin with. So it's not like I was, I could leverage this into, you know, something really big. And that was never my intention. As will become clear, either through talking with me or reading the book, strategy is not one of my stronger suits. It really was more, gosh, this is kind of a fun and funny story. Here's some <laughs> advice. Here's what local government actually does that you don't actually think about. Um, mm -hmm. And that we're all focused on state and federal races when really you should be thinking about 
your local races because mm -hmm. those are the offices that have the most influence on how your day is how your day begins and how your day ends frankly so there's this there's this mix of being an activist but also being a writer mm -hmm. and a writer who loves irony yes. and funny stories <laughs> yes. i and love a good story sarcasm yeah so it's sort of this like uh it, it's different than i'm gonna write the guidebook for women to right. take that it's it wasn't that it was like oh let me write this this story and maybe somebody else will uh, you know, be helped by right, it. right, yeah, yeah. So almost, you know, I've written three books now, but I also am a freelance writer, and I kind of write about running. You know, I write about a little bit of everything, mm -hmm. and it's usually the story starts with, "Hey, let me tell you about this really foolish thing I did." <laughs> <You know? laughs> Isn't this funny? But here is the lesson mm -hmm. I took from this: what could have been a catastrophic failure. You know, it's like we all. I think people like to, I know, I certainly like to read that story, but also you're going to mess things up a lot more frequently than you, you are a unqualified success. So you might as well figure out how to learn, I guess. So the theme running through this is humility has been very important. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and every time when I think that Oh, yeah, no, I really understand what's going on. Something comes along to remind me that, no, in fact, I do not. I know you're a huge dog fan. I am. Do you think sort of watching your dog, your dogs enjoy their lives helps keep you grounded? Oh, yes. And I also am always jealous of my dogs um, <laughs> because I really wish that I could spend my whole day just... Sleeping in, bar in various back. patches of sun, yes. Or in my own bed or uh. on the couch. <laughs> yes. I, too, yeah. could learn to just really take all of my, my joy in life from a half-empty jar of peanut butter. You know, like, <laughs> really the simple You're a woman of simple needs. Right? Yes. Oh, look. That's what I say. Yes. Yeah. There's something dead in the backyard, perhaps. My joy will be rolling in it. You know, like, Okay. That's right. right. Yeah, I always say my uh, my dog Sparky uh, is in my psychotherapy sessions mm -hmm. most of the day. So he's pretty much never alone right. and constantly being patted. And, you know, my refrain is everybody wants Sparky's life. Yes. You know, he's. Uh, yeah. 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 No, it wouldn't be awful. It wouldn't be awful He at wants all. for nothing. Yep. Oh. I actually, um, after I had my first child, found myself in therapy, which is another long story. But I recommend everybody go to therapy, even if you haven't just had a baby. But that therapist had a giant boxer, and he would come over, and he would just put his head in your lap and just kind of look mm -hmm. up at you like, you know what? You have eaten today, and that is pretty good. Oh. I, too, like eating. So if you would like to get up and get me a slice of lunch meat out of the fridge, <laughs> we will both be happy. So, Yeah, I am convinced that many of my clients really come to see the dog yeah, at that's this okay. point. You know what? That's... Particularly the adolescents. Yes. So that's one hundred percent okay. Yep. That's that's so. Uh, that's, truer words I've never. Been I know. Said. <laughs> so talk talk to 
to me about, you know, we, as we said earlier, there, there are a lot of people listening in um, around other countries and um, just talk generally about what might be the first step in getting involved in their local politics, right. just to try out and to see if that might be something that they feel good about. Because as we know, as you're looking at 50, many women are feeling like, well, now what do I do? Right, right. So there are a couple of ways to go about it. And I can really speak to the US, but I would imagine that most other countries are uh, organized in a similar fashion. The first thing you need to do is to figure out which local governments who you're voting for when you're voting for those offices full of names that you don't think you know. So look at the ballot and figure out, okay, so there's an office here labeled Board of Representatives. Yeah, what is that? Um, why am I voting for this? So the first step is really just figuring out which the names of the, the local offices around you, because they're all different. Every county in in the United States, and I'm sure every county in all the provinces in Canada, um, no matter where you are, they label their offices just a little bit differently. But usually mm -hmm. what you have is people in your city representing you on the city government, people in your county representing you on the county government or parish or um, township or whatever it's called. And then it starts to build up from there. So figure out which offices those are and find the person who's holding them and just talk to them, like call them up or email them. Mm -hmm. um, that is their job. Their job is to talk to you um, because they are representing you. And if they want your vote in a year or whenever the next election is, you know, they have to talk to their constituents. Mm -hmm. And if you're not getting answers, if you're not getting A, A, if you don't get an answer, well, there's a, that tells you something right there and B, if you don't like the answers you're getting, well, maybe think about running against them. And if you're not willing or in a place where you could run against them, figure out who is and lend them your time because time is a really valuable resource. Mm -hmm. And I, mm. I will tell you now that um, a good volunteer is uh, worth their weight in any valuable material you can think of. Mohair. Yes, mohair. You know, the finest of cashmere yarn. Yes, um, And even if you as a volunteer are not comfortable knocking on doors, which is fine, it's not my favorite thing to do, but I've made a certain piece with it. You also have other skills that you could probably offer, like if you're really organized, you can organize all of their maps as they figure out whose doors they need to knock on. You can figure out um, how to balance their checkbook. Like there are always things that need to be done. Mm -hmm. Okay. That, I think that's great advice because you're right. I mean, we look at the ballot. Some of us will vote straight, you straight know, ticket. a party. Yeah, yeah. And, but really, the, the, the truth is that we don't always know what we're voting oh, yeah, for. Yeah. And it sounds like a quick Google search might be really helpful. And just the confidence to say, I can put my toe in this. Sure. I don't have to, you know, start making ads that are running no. on TV. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's that's great advice. And this idea, I think, is so important of action. You know, no action is the shortcut to depression. Yes. And at least taking some action of feeling like, okay, I'm not, you know, changing the world right now, today, but I am contributing to that change. And um, I agree with you. I think that is a very much more powerful a place to be. It is. It definitely is. You're not a passive participant. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, things are going to happen regardless of whether or not you're you're involved in them. So you might as well be involved mm-hmm. with them and try and shape the outcome. Mm-hmm. So where can we learn more about you and the book and all things Adrian? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think the easiest place and where I, what I've tried to make the catch-all place is I do have a website Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, Martini Made, so it's M A R T I N I M A D E dot com. Um, okay. And there are links to the book, and there are links to other books and other writing that I've done. Um, and as reviews for the book are coming out, you know, I'm I'm putting them there. So there's also contact information if you want to send me an email. So yeah, I think that would probably be, probably be the easiest easiest way mm-hmm. to get in touch and learn more. That sounds great. Well, I really appreciate you spending time with me today, Adrian, and and talking about this with us, because I I think that it's not on a lot of people's radar. Uh, It's an overwhelming process. I think many of us feel very emotional about Mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. and that it's just like, it's just, this is too big for me. I think I'm going to go take my dog for a walk instead, you know, but that there are little little parts of this that we can own and we can contribute. And that's a very different mindset than just uh, staying in our house and, you know, maybe eating sweets. Right. Well, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but maybe balance it with taking concrete action. I love that. That's great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. In this phase of our lives, we're more aware that our time is precious, and we certainly don't want to waste it taking care of stuff that we no longer need, left over from a life that we are no longer living. We know we would feel better with less clutter and more open space, but we don't know how to get there. If this sounds familiar, I'd love you to check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer, Carrie Luteran. This course is different than others you may have tried because we give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and tools to help you face the overwhelm and feelings that come up when you're going through your clutter. It's practical and realistic, and the lessons are short and punchy and very manageable, but it has the power to change your life. We all deserve to live in a peaceful home without the chaos of too much stuff. Find out more at NicoleChristina.com. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest. 